0: It's time for episode 265 of the Clockwise Podcast from Relay FM. Recorded Tuesday, October 30th, 2018. Clockwise. Four people, four tech topics, 30 minutes.
1: Welcome back to clockwise the tech podcast that isn't afraid of a little time travel. Today is Tuesday. I am one of your hosts, Micah Sargent, and I am joined across the very internet by my pal Dan Morin. How you doing, Dan?
0: I'm a little disoriented. Uh, it's Tuesday. It's it's two o'clock in the afternoon. What is happening? <laughs> who are we?
1: I don't know. I don't know. But I do know who our guests are this week. We have two awesome guests, and I get to introduce the person to my left. She is the host of Make Do, Playing for Fun, and Top Four right here on Relay FM, as well as the host of Somehow I Manage over on the Incomparable which also happens to be co-hosted by me. It's Tiffany
2: Arment. Hello, Tiff. Oh, so formal. You got the Annie in there. (laughs) Tiff Annie
0: (laughs) Arment. (laughs) I and to my left, another fantastic co-host of many incredible podcasts, including Roboism Dubai Friday Supercomputer, more than I can even name. It's Alex Cox. Hi, Alex. How are you?
3: I'm fantastic. How are you, Dan?
0: I am doing wonderfully. All the better now that we are joined by two fantastic guests.
2: The only two people not in Brooklyn right now. (laughs) (laughs) Right, seriously. (laughs) I guess technically
0: the only four people not in Brooklyn right now, if you really want to get down to it. Good
1: point. Good point. Well, while we're not in Brooklyn, let's go ahead and kick this show off. My question is about real Photoshop coming to the iPad. I'm curious about how you feel about this pro software, like truly pro software, uh, coming to the iPad Pro. And if you got a chance to see, what'd you think about, you know, them using Photoshop on stage? Tiff, we'll start with you.
2: I, I'm hesitant because, all right, I don't even like using Photoshop on a laptop. And there you certainly have access to full Photoshop, right? It's more for me as a professional that edits photos. The screen size that I'm working on. And I feel like that no matter what device this Photoshop is on, it's kind of limiting because you do just you just need that large scale image sometimes in front of you to really get into like the dirt of what you're going to be editing, especially when it comes to a very high resolution photo. But I can also really see how it could be super convenient to have a lot of these tools that you're used to having on your desktop available to you on the go when you're just like, you know what? This, I just need a really quick little fix on my photo and I want to send it out to my friends, but, and I could do it now on the iPad and that kind of feels amazing to me. I'm really, really interested to get my hands on it. And how something like keyboard shortcuts would work. Uh, That's a part of a giant part of Photoshop workflow is how fast you can access things with keyboard shortcuts. So I mean, yes, there's going to be touch and stuff, but it's the same as clicking, right? That kind of translates. So uh, that's where I'm, I'm really, I'm hesitant, but I am optimistic. Yeah,
0: I'm not someone who's ever used Photoshop Terribly regularly, uh, and it's been years since I really touched the graphics and just not my thing. So I, you know, I certainly default to the graphics experts and professionals in terms of how useful it is. That said, we have seen a number of professional apps starting to make their way to the iPad. And I think it's, you know, It's getting to the point of, uh, certainly we've all wrestled with that, can you do real work on an iPad question, which is not really a question, right? Yes, obviously you can do real work. There's just shades of what work you can do. For example, audio editing has been something that some people do on their iPad, including people who edit audio professionally. So I don't think it's implausible to have something like Photoshop. And certainly it looks like Adobe has made a good faith effort to bring the tools like, um, in a fashion that people will actually use them and want to use them, uh, to the iPad. So for example, the demo on stage showed off all the layers. They were working with like a three gigabyte PSD file. You know, this stuff is, is much closer to the, the version of Photoshop that people are going to use on their personal computers than anything that Adobe has done so far. Is it totally parody with what you can do on, you know, your Mac or your windows machine? I don't know. I'll leave it for the graphic professionals to sort of explore that and find out. But it seems like it's at least plausible.
3: Like Dan, I don't use Photoshop that much. However, I work in an office with a ton of designers and illustrators. So I am constantly opening Photoshop files and just sort of working with the program while not actually making anything interesting. So I talking to people during the Adobe Max event too, when they first showed this off and then during the keynote today, they are kind of like Tiff, like cautiously optimistic. But I'm wondering if as somebody who just needs to work on files, needs to occasionally open something and like tweak copy and do minor things like that, that could be really exciting just in terms of uh, working with a team, but also if Adobe is truly making this for the iPad in the way that they have advertised it, maybe they'll be the one company leading the way with uh, the, maybe Premiere is next. Maybe uh, uh, like it, it, the entire suite comes and Creative Cloud actually works. So I just want it to be, uh, quote, real as in actual so that other Adobe stuff comes to the iPad.
1: Uh all great answers. I think we all sound like we're cautiously at least optimistic or cautiously curious, one of those things. I am certainly cautiously optimistic. I use Photoshop quite a bit and one of the things that I use whenever I'm doing, you know, some Photoshop project is a graphics tablet because I find it's easier to do masking on layers and things like that. And if I was able to have direct interaction with the screen, and not have to buy one of those really expensive, what is it, Cintiq things from Wacom or Wacom, um, then that would be awesome. And so seeing them do this brushing and layering stuff was really, really cool today. About uh, the only thing that I wished was that she would set the iPad down because it just looked very kind of rickety in her hands. Mm-hmm. She was always like, can, you, we right? just, can we just set it down on the <laughs> table? It'll be fine there. You'll do a much better job of masking. Anyway, I'm excited about it. And what Alex said, especially, this is the first... Step, let's see some more. Let's see Final Cut Pro come to iPad. Let's see, don't you laugh at me. Let's see, that uh, was me. Sorry, let's see Audition come to iPad, etc. etc. Xcode, Tiff. Tell me, tell me what you got for us.
2: All right, I want to uh, ask you folks about Apple essentially turning their stores kind of into these learning annexes. They devoted a large part of the event talking about how they are moving their spaces from just retail stores to a place for creators. And I feel like them they're they're out there, they're kind of grasping at this maker space meant that people are getting very into and, and they're kind of using their retail locations for that. And I just want to know what everyone felt about that or how you saw that playing out in the future and if you would use it yourself.
0: It's a savvy move from a retail perspective. I mean, all of these retail locations, like typical locations that have one function, are now broadening the way they do business to draw people in, right? Like, so you have banks that are cafes. You bookstores, obviously, have been cafes for a long time. Um, you know, all these sort of uh, places are competing for this idea of, like, what's a place that's not your home or your work where you want to go and hang out? And I think this idea of like bringing learning into the Apple stores is really smart on Apple's part for a couple different reasons. One's One is that it just simply gets people in the door. So once you're in the door and you're doing your workshop or whatever, you're still exposed to a lot of Apple products. Two, it obviously builds loyalty and builds interest in their products. So people saying, come in and we'll teach you how to take a good photo or come in and we'll tell you a little like help you work to develop your audio skills. Like all of that keeps people in the Apple ecosystem. So it's really smart on that part. And I think that's a, that's a great move.
3: I call shenanigans. (laughs) I think this is just, (laughs) it's. Total nonsense. It feels like that article that came out, um, where the guy's like, we have Starbucks and, uh, Amazon. We don't need libraries anymore. And uh, yes, I really like Starbucks and I really like Amazon, but I'd also like to have libraries. It, in theory, makes sense. And in theory, it would be cool to have a space where people are just gathering and creating things. But, Has anybody been to, like, has Tim Cook visited an Apple store that's in a mall in the past decade or so? It feels like a DMV. Nobody knows (laughs) what's happening. And you're being pushed around to various places. And also, I don't really know who this is for? Is it for people? I know who they're saying it's for, but if you are a professional who has already, like, if you already have a laptop that a MacBook Pro, do you really are do you really not know how to open Logic? But really, it's like you're taking a class for it, it. It's an advertisement for a product, and it feels icky to me. And also, I don't think it'll work.
1: Whew! Tell us how you really feel.
3: <laughs> no, no, I, I
1: mostly agree with you on that. I have a, a friend who's a creative at Apple and so she leads some, um, drawing courses on iPad. And so people come in and they learn how to draw with iPad and she'll have like a person, a volunteer come up and she will make a portrait of them using the iPad. And it, they it's one of the stores that has one of those big old screens. And so you can see her, you know, in the process of drawing on the big screen. And so I do think that this is is absolutely a marketing thing. This is, you come in, you see this cool creative with an Apple pencil, you see them with an iPad, they've got the Apple watch on, they're using all this different tech together, and they're doing these really cool things. And then you're there in the store and right next to where you are, are the iPads and the Apple pencils and all these other things. You can hop right over, maybe they've got beats around their neck while they're doing it. It's like, oh, I could get some beats too. (laughs) It's very much a clever way to to market the products. But I think that it is a positive way to market the products in the sense that people can understand new ways to use their technology.
2: All right. No one can teach anybody to be creative. I feel like everyone Mm -hmm. just is creative. And what these places are, I think, trying to teach you is how to use these pieces of technology in creative pursuits. So it's, it's like, it's not keeping anybody out of the club from doing digital art just because you don't know how to interact with your device to create the digital art. Mm. You will always have that creativity in you and to go further after you kind of take a class at a retail store, which kind of seems shady and weird. And I think that that shady and weirdness feel is from how cool is this, right? Like you... Go into creative pursuits like music and art because it's cool, right? Like there is an element of cool to it. But if you're essentially in a store and it has like today at Apple, like that sounds so cheesy. <laughs> uh, and then it, they all have like crazy names or a special like, uh, Ode de Pavilionio or whatever. Like <laughs> 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 this is the new Apple store in Rome and it's like, it feels very forced cool. But what they're actually mm-hmm. providing people at the core is I like that it's being inclusive and not keeping anyone out of the technology club. It's, it's letting people in no matter your age or your demographic or anything. It's providing a, a really obvious place for you to come and get access to this knowledge and then go away and use your creativity afterwards. I, I just find, I just want them to market it cooler, <laughs> just a little bit cooler. We have reached halftime, folks. And that means it's time
1: to thank our dear friends at Linode. With Linode, you'll have access to a suite of powerful hosting options with prices starting at just five bucks a month. You're going to be up and running with your own virtual server right in the Linode cloud in under a minute. Linode offers industry-leading performance with native SSD storage, a 40 gigabit network, and Intel E5 processors. They've now got 10 data centers spread across the world, meaning you can serve your customers even quicker than before. They've got an API that allows you to easily automate tasks or develop custom applications in the cloud, and everything is manageable via the command line. All of Linode's pricing tiers feature hourly billing with a monthly cap on all plans and add-on services like backups and node balancers. Linode has fantastic pricing options available. Their plans start at one gigabyte of RAM for only five bucks a month, and they offer high memory plans starting with 16 gigabytes of RAM. As a listener of this show, if you sign up at linode.com slash clockwise, you won't only be supporting us, but you're also going to get $20 towards any Linode plan. Now, on that one gigabyte of RAM plan, keep in mind that's four months free. And with a seven day money back guarantee, there's nothing to lose. So go to linode.com slash clockwise to learn more, sign up and take advantage of that $20 credit. Or you can use the promo code clockwise2018 at checkout. Thanks so much to linode for supporting this show and relay FM. And now let's move on to the topic from Dan.
0: One of the big announcements at this uh, Apple event today was a new MacBook Air. Uh, it's a 13-inch MacBook Air. Uh, and you know, it's interesting because it gets itself stacked into the lineup or alongside a 12.1-inch MacBook and a 13-inch MacBook Pro. <laughs> so my question for you is, how do you feel like this fits into Apple's laptop lineup? Why are there so many machines that sort of hover around the same size, but there's not really a clear hierarchy? Do you think this is like a Better than the MacBook? Is it not as good as the MacBook? Like, where do you see this fitting into Apple's overall laptop story? Alex?
3: I'm kind of stoked about this laptop, honestly. I know that there's no USB-A, and we knew that USB-C was coming. Um, But I feel like I can finally tell somebody if they are just a, you know, middle-of-the-road computer person they want something nice, but they don't have a desktop. This is, again, the laptop for you. And with the MacBook, I just never felt like I could say that. And the, even the MacBook Escape felt Like it was too much money, uh, even at our company. People are like, Alex, what should we buy everybody? And I'm like, um, ah, mm, uh, I so I, I don't think that the, the smallest MacBook isn't going to go away for a while because people keep buying it, and it's kind of cute, and it's a luxury product, which you know Apple is known for. So in terms of Apple's Mac line in general, it's like the least egregious sin, I think.
1: Oh boy. Um, so <laughs> I'm going to have to say that I am also super pumped about this MacBook Air. I know that's not quite the answer that Dan asked, but the fact is, I think that this MacBook Air is that that model that Alex is talking about. When someone comes to me and says, hey, what MacBook do I get? This is the one I can tell them. And it is the device that like so many writers have used over the years and so many college students have used over the years. This is... I, I've known so many people who've owned a MacBook Air in the past. And so to have this back and have it be good and finally have a retina display, like be a modern computer, is really nice. And I'm kind of jealous that there's a Touch ID because I still don't have that. But um yeah, I think that – I do think this is the end of the MacBook probably unless the MacBook is sort of just like – um let's just make this our spaghetti project book and we just sort of will try new things and throw things at the wall and again of course see what sticks so uh i'm not sure tiff what about you
2: well there's no one going around asking me what computers to buy <laughs> <laughs> but um and i haven't owned a laptop since uh, college, so I don't know. I mean, I think it—it's the new hotness, you know, as as displayed by that video. You know, all wrapped in silk and billowing, as as you do. Like this is what you want to buy, so. I don't know. I am kind of intrigued about it. I have been thinking about getting a laptop into my life, especially when traveling. I need to play games on the go. So I need to really <laughs> see how Steam <laughs> how Steam works out on this sucker, right? Like, see how how that goes. Um, yeah, I have, <laughs> that's, I think, as far as I can go in this one. I think it looks cool. And I think I kind of want one.
0: Well, I mean, I'm a longtime MacBook Air user. I have my 11-inch MacBook Air Still, and I don't think I'll be replacing it with the new MacBook Air soon, but if I were buying a new computer, it probably would be that MacBook Air. And like, you know, like you were saying, the MacBook is a weird competitor now because it's a 12.1 inch screen. It's only got one USB-C port, but it's more expensive than the MacBook Air. Like, it's kind of a weird position to be in. Yeah, so I I don't know, in, in, in a just world, perhaps the MacBook Air would have just been the MacBook and the MacBook would never have existed. But uh here we are. So I think it's peculiar. I think it's interesting that Apple has so many devices focused towards consumer level portability because you can include not only the three MacBooks I mentioned, but also the iPad Pro in the mix as well there. So Apple, you know, definitely believes that there is a lot of interest in that whole market. Um yeah, but the MacBook Air I think is a very compelling product with the Retina display in it and it's going to be really interesting to see how that affects the rest of its lineup going forward. All right, that's my topic away with. Alex, what do you got for
3: us? As was not noted in in the keynote, there's no more there, there, there's just no more headphone jack on the iPad Pros which has gotten me into a little bit of a tizzy because i i don't think that iai can use it anymore do you do you folks think that any audio or video professionals are going to be able to use an ipad the same way writers and illustrators do
1: i can't speak to the you know because i know some folks do actual editing and even recording of of stuff on their ipad and I can't speak to that. Um, when I'm listening to, uh, music on one of my devices, I'm either listening to it through a, like, Bluetooth external speaker, like the Boom 3, or an AirPlay external speaker, like the HomePod, or I'm listening to it straight from the device's speakers. Um, I work from home and use my devices at home and just have my dog's uh, annoyances to worry about like if they get annoyed by the sound that's fine <laughs> so i don't really have to like keep my sound to myself i guess is what i'm saying and so i don't have use for that headphone jack but if i did need to keep my sound to, the, to myself i just use my airpods or some other pair of bluetooth headphones um that are available to me so for me uh without any of those specific audio pro use cases i have no need for that headphone jack and so I hope that audio pros will be able to use this iPad, but we'll see. I did see that Apple um, has introduced to the store a nice, fun new dongle, USB-C to 3.5 millimeter headphone jack for, I think, $9.99 or something like that. Uh, Tiff, what are your thoughts? You know a few audio pros, right?
2: Oh, yeah, a few here and there. Uh, They sprinkle in (laughs) and out of my life. Uh, at first I was appalled I was appalled (laughs) but then I kind of realized I started thinking about like oh I uh it's it's gonna be fine it's gonna be I had to talk myself down because I'm like do you Tiff do you ever plug in your headphones just like Micah was saying do you ever plug in your headphones to your iPad the answer is no no I don't (laughs) I plug if I plug headphones into anything it's usually into my phone which I used to be able to do I guess which now I can't do now Oh man, this is getting complicated. <laughs> so I, I mean, yeah, I, I see it. It's lacking in the professional device category because you need ports to be a professional. You just do. And when you are stripping those ports out of your technology, it's, it's creating a funnel of less and less things that you can plug in at the same time. So you can't be listening to audio with a good pair of headphones from your iPad anymore at the same time while it's charging because you just forgot to take it out of your bag for two weeks and didn't charge (laughs) it like some people do. And (laughs) then you're like, you're in a pickle and you're on a plane. And then you can't, you can't complete your task like you wanted to. And that's where I find it the absolute most frustrating because you're used to this one workflow and then all of a sudden it's stripped away from you. But when you start really thinking about it and you start like, okay, now I'm going to have to really retrain for the everyday person using this device, it's probably not going to affect them at all, especially with how many Bluetooth headphones are out there. And you also have your phone at the same time if you need to listen to things. But if you're editing audio on an iPad, I think, yeah, you're really stuck. I, I'm i curious to see how professionals work around this. And as a very new audio editor um i'm appalled appalled
3: <laughs> <laughs> well speaking
0: of someone who does uh edit audio at a, well i'm not gonna say professional we'll say semi-professional <laughs> i don't know um i currently do a lot of edi- editing audio on my macbook air um it does have an audio uh, output port but i never use it i do use my bluetooth headphones to edit audio and yes it's the, there is some i do i do <laughs> Uh, I, there is some latency at times, but it's actually, I find not that bad for the most part for the work that I'm doing. Now I'm doing, you know, stuff that is probably not as precise or, um, as sort of like detail oriented as a lot of editor editors are doing. So that might be fine for me, but I have used my Bose Bluetooth, like noise canceling headphones, which I also use with, with, while recording at times. Now recording is a different matter, like because those Bose Bluetooth headphones have a audio jack on them that i can plug into a mic but when i switch to editing a lot of times i'll just take it out and use the bluetooth so it's possibly you know feasible i don't know that everybody's going to be able to do it apple does seem to be providing its like little dongle as a workaround but yet introduces its own problem so i don't know uh it will be interesting to see there's been rumors of course of apple releasing its own wireless uh headphones like studio style headphones um that would use the same chips that you see in, like, the AirPods. Perhaps there's some stuff they can do there to increase, like, the responsiveness and make it more appealing to audio editors. But, yeah, I don't know. I I don't edit enough audio on my iPad right now to say what I would do about that, but I can definitely understand that there are some challenges in it. And all I can really say about it is that I'm glad the MacBook Air still has a headphone jack.
3: (laughs) (laughs) You know, I I knew that this was coming, I, it wasn't a surprise until it was announced, oh, and you can use it as a docking station. Okay, cool. You can use it as a docking station. I guess you can look at your illustrations and in Photoshop. Awesome. But multiple times they showed someone using, I guess, iMovie editing on it and and what are you supposed to do I, and the first thing people are going to say is yes the the dongle the dongle and honestly i would be okay with that but it's it's not a professional way to do it it's it, it was fine for me when it wasn't fine it was a, it was a pain when it went away on the on the 7 but this just seems absolutely absolutely ludicrous that it's being advertised as a pro device for audio and video professionals, and there's no headphone jack. And I, I'm not one of those people who thinks that we'll never get there, that the latency will just never be uh, good, the latency won't be bad enough, because I one time in a dire situation edited uh, something with my AirPods and was immensely just I was blown away by how good it was. And I could see this happening if Apple had released the, or even teased those over the ear headphones, which I'm sure people are going to hate, hate, but at least it would be something. So I'm holding out hope, especially because USB-C seems to be going in the right direction. I don't think the headphone port is going to come back. I'm hopeful that maybe third parties will integrate with the iPad to make better USB-C hubs I, I I don't know I don't have a good answer to this I my undies are just still in a twist and I'm jacked up if you might say
1: <laughs> excellent um well folks we have reached the end of another episode of clockwise but of course we have just enough time for a bonus topic but of course before we do that we'll have uh dan tell us about another sponsor here for clockwise
0: this episode of clockwise is brought to you by hello fresh the meal kit delivery service that shops plants and delivers step-by-step recipes and pre measured ingredients so you can just cook eat and enjoy there are three plans to choose from classic veggie and family and you won't need to spend all night in the kitchen because recipes only take around 30 minutes. Having everything delivered means you can spend less time meal planning and grocery shopping each week and instead spend that time on the things you love, like eating the food with people that you love. Everything is delivered right to your door in recyclable insulated packaging. Even amidst the after-school chaos, HelloFresh's meal kits make it easy to decide what to do for dinner so you can look forward to your delivery knowing dinner just got so much easier. I received a box of... Uh, last week, and my fiance and I, and I cooked all of the meals in there. We had a particularly delicious balsamic fig glazed chicken that was just fantastic, and a, uh, a sausage uh, spaghetti tomato mix that was also really, really good. And it didn't take too long to make. Uh, and honestly, uh, I was ready to go back for seconds. So I found it delicious. Anyways, for a total of $60 off, that's $20 off your first three boxes, visit HelloFresh.com slash Clockwise60 right now and use the promo code Clockwise60. That's basically six meals for free. Just go to HelloFresh.com slash Clockwise60, use that promo code Clockwise60. Our thanks to HelloFresh for their support of this show and all of FM.
1: Micah. All right. Uh, we will round things out with my question. If you could instantly become fluent in one other language, what language would you choose? Tiff, we'll start with you. French. Oui, oui.
2: Even though it's, it just, it feels, it feels right.
1: Dan, what about you? I took a year of
0: Arabic and I loved it, but mm. I just didn't have the time to follow through with it, but it would be fantastic to be totally fluent in it. Alex?
3: Polish only because my spouse and I are both Polish and then we would be able to understand when our grandparents are saying mean things about us. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> and I would choose American Sign Language. I think it's one of the most beautiful languages that exists, and I think it'd be super cool to be able to communicate uh, in, in that language. Suck up! Uh, thank you all <laughs> so much for your answers on that question and for your answers across the whole scope of the show. Uh, all that's left is to thank our guests for joining us, uh, Tiffany Arment, or rather Tiff Arment, now that we there know each other. Thank you so much for being here.
3: <laughs> Thanks so much, my god, Dan?
2: Alex
0: Cox, thank you so much for being here as well.
3: Thank you. It's always so much fun.
0: And Micah, we've done another show. Even if it was the wrong time, I'm glad that we were able to put it all together. We'll be back next week at the right time. But until then, let's remind our listeners, watch what you say. And keep watching the clock. Bye, everybody.